2: Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler 24 7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: It's Sharp Money. It is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We say hi on a Thursday. Got NFL football coming up tonight in the preseason. We'll get to that in just a bit. I'm Patrick Maher, of course. I'm all Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson back in Vegas. I'm live from Los Angeles. Remember when we're gonna get into as we continue with our theme of college football, we pick for a day, always themed out. Today's will be remember when. Throw up the quad box for me, boys, downstairs, if you can. Colorado, you remember Bill McCartney, 1990 national champs. They're a remember when Amalshaw Shaw program. Tennessee, six time national champ. Philip Fulmer, whatever happened to old Phil? That's a remember when program. BYU, Quarterback you back in the day, Lavelle Edwards, West coast offense. Remember when, and of course, Nebraska, 94, 95, 97, Tom Osborne. Remember when those are the four we're going to attack today, boys. Also the newlywed Josh Applebaum makes his triumphant return to sharp money. Emery hunt kills it on the NFL talking CBS Vinny Maliulo, just a jolt of electricity. And Ben Lieber will join as well. Let me say hi to the boys as we get it going with this sharp bash today. That's for Dustin. What's up, all? How are you doing?
4: I'm well. Thanks, man. Ready to go. Looking forward to uh, getting through some of these great teams in the 90s. By the way, if you're a Nebraska fan, you wish it was 95. I just got to say this out front. 2001 Miami, the most talented team, Patrick. The best team ever. 95 Nebraska. Won every game by 14 or more.
3: I don't disagree with you. When we start talking about Nebraska and Tennessee, yeah. we could go on and on about individual players that oh, were yeah. just legendary. I mean, we could just go on. I totally agree with you about that. Nebraska team as well. And we all should have for today's program. We should have worn our starter jackets because Dustin Sweetelson, AKA crabby pants, AKA run the show, AKA run the network. Uh, you sleep on the fact that my sophomore year in high school, while everybody was running around with the Honolulu blue and silver lions and the maize and blue Michigan and the green and white Sparty party, I had an orange Tennessee starter jacket that was triple XL. <laughs> I could hardly fit my, I fit my whole body into it like a tent, but I was running around like I was T freaking Martin. You sleep.
5: Uh, RIP Lawrence Phillips, my favorite. Player on those Nebraska teams, by the way. Uh, And I had a legend. I Legend, I had an LSU starting jacket, starter jacket. And I had no idea that the L in LSU stood for Louisiana at the time.
4: Can we find either of you guys in a rap video somewhere from the 90s with those jackets? You, you could you could definitely
3: you could de- definitely find me pretending to be a rapper in my Tennessee starter jacket. And I actually got it cuz I had another starter jacket but Tim Donahue, RIP actually, passed away. But Tim Donahue uh, was wearing his Tennessee starter jacket and we just did a swap like we were Messi and Ronaldo after the match. We did a swap at the game at the basketball game cuz I was like that Tennessee starter jackets lit <laughs> and whatever one I had. I, oh, I had a Houston Oilers one on Ooh. and he was like, I like that. So we swapped it. You Also, I was a big, big Houston Oilers fan back in the day. I mean, that was, that was my joint,
5: but well, you know, you know, the number one starter jacket everyone wanted, right? Think about that? the era and the colors it was the Charlotte Hornet starter jacket. That was a Larry number one. Johnson. Yeah, oh. yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, pe- people liked overrated number one picks. No, It was about the colors. I know. I'm just kidding. He said LJ. <laughs> That's why I just didn't understand the affinity everybody had for LJ. But, uh, you know, I'm going to tell you, you mentioned Tennessee. I was on a bad losing streak and I made one of the worst plays ever. They go into a bowl game with Peyton his freshman year. They're playing Virginia Tech. I forgot what useless bowl game it is. They're laying nine and a half. And Patrick, I just lost so many games in a row. I said, well, you know what? I'm going to start out with nearly a 10-point lead. And let's put it that way. That 10-point lead lasted maybe about half a quarter. And Tennessee just rocked Virginia Tech's world. And it's like, you can't just take the points because you're getting killed every game, just hoping to have an early lead. Well, speaking of getting killed
3: every game, there was a story today that broke. And I think we should lead here on Sharp Money and VSIN with a big story. Now, for those that are in the know, this story will be next. You don't even blink at what I'm about to tell you, but here's a little hint. It has to do with Phil Mickelson and gambling. Also Billy Walters, the white whale. He's been on the network many times. Billy Walters is the unquestioned greatest sports better of all time. Everybody agrees. He is the standard that by which all is measured, but it came out that, you know, Phil Mickelson has a bit of an itch <laughs> he likes to bet. He bet a hundred and ten thousand to win a hundred on a total of. 1,115 games, he bet 220,000 to win 200,000 on a total 858 times, made 3,154 bets in 2011, made 43 Major League Baseball bets in a single day. You can go on and on about Phil and what he did. He also asked, apparently and allegedly, he asked Billy Walters to get down in 2012 Ryder Cup for the United States to win for $400,000. And here's what I would say about this. Next story, Amal Shaw, betters bet. This is what I've done. Now, you got to scale it out. I'm not pretending to be Phil Mickelson as far as scales concern, but people like you and I that have been doing this our whole entire lives and you see kids getting into it with the parlays and getting itchy about their wind streaks. I get it. Temper the excitement. It'll all even out like I'm all just explained with the bowl game. But here's what you have to understand. Better's bet. Let's talk about Michael Jordan. Let's talk about Phil Mickelson. Let's talk about human beings. And this is the human condition. Phil Mickelson is a golfer. And when you're talking scale, these numbers that I'm spitting at you, 220 to win $200,000, that's absolutely nothing. He's got an endless supply of money. He's used golf to sublimate. His gambling situation. I won't call it an addiction. If it's not ruining his life, it's just a thing. It's what he likes to do. It's his condition. And it's a sublimation. It's a sublimation. This is simply a lifestyle decision made by Phil Mickelson. It appears to me that the bets were being made in Las Vegas. I just don't see it as a story. I'm going to let it you run with this, Amal Shah. My assumption is it's a story because when Dustin laid it out to me, now remember, Dustin's the type of guy that gets tricked by Johnny Manziel, but when Dustin laid it out to me, he said, did you hear, he's not even smiling, he's in a mood again, did you hear that Phil Mickelson bet a billion dollars? My response was, he's worth, what, a 700 million throughout his life? Why wouldn't he bet a billion dollars? You and I would if we had that cash.
4: You're absolutely right about that. And the other thing, I'll tell you what's more, to me, the story is the accounting. Who's the accountant behind this that has these meticulous numbers? I'm more impressed with that, the exact number of bets. But you're absolutely right. And I thought you brought up a great point, which is when you look at his financial situation and how much money he's made over his lifetime between winning on the PGA Tour endorsements, uh, other things along the way, outside investments, it shouldn't come as that much of a surprise. What is Phil Mickelson going to go do, bet $22? I mean, he's going <laughs> to he can walk from here to the parking lot and drop $22 and not even think about it. I mean, it's not even worth his time to bend down to pick it up. So for me, the numbers don't come as a surprise. I think just for a lot of people, and you brought up a good point, if you're not involved in the industry, you may sit there and think, wow, a billion dollars, and how do you come to that number? If he bets two hundred twenty thousand on a game, bets two hundred twenty thousand on another game, and loses, he just bet four hundred twenty thousand. Wins one, loses one. He's lost twenty thousand, but he still bet four hundred twenty thousand dollars. So I know the number signs sounds mind boggling to people, but it really doesn't take as long as you would think with the type of wealth he has to accumulate those types of numbers. One hundred percent. Well said.
3: Currency is just—it's relative. You've got to scale it out. You hear a billion dollars. I hear Phil Mickelson. I say, why not 2 billion? I mean, he's stayed in his shoes. As far as I'm concerned, 220,000. When you're worth 700 million, I would have bet more. (laughs) What it says to me, 43 bets in a single day in major league baseball, ever heard of props. Why is this a story? Dustin Sweetelson. Now again, and I've talked to people I respect, you know, I respect you. I've talked to people I respect about the Manziel documentary. They said he's boring. He comes across as a zero. You took nothing from the documentary yesterday. You told me you were blown away by it. Now today you told me on the phone. You can't believe film. Stop it. You can't believe Phil Mickelson bet a billion dollars. What's up, Dustin?
5: This is why I don't smile, cause you make things up and put words in my mouth. That's true. I, I do. I do. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I just my takeaway from it is if it's just about the itch, when you're as rich as a guy like Phil Mickelson is. If it's just about, like, I don't understand why the amounts are getting so big here. Bet $100, get your win, and move on. It's a waste of time. You're neither going to go broke or rich betting on sports at that point.
4: You're correct in that, and I don't disagree with what he just said there, Patrick. However, him betting $100, listen, the reason why most people bet after a certain point is you got to feel it one way or the other, whether it's the win or the loss. So bet $100 then.
5: I don't care. I just don't, no, I no, don't no, get No, no,
3: no, 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 no. Phil Mickelson feels nothing from a hundred dollars. That's what I'm It's saying. just yeah. like it—it's it, it, chasing any proclivity in life, but and f- I won't get into some of yours, big guy. But he feels But it's just chasing down a, a thrill.
5: Yeah, but
2: he's lo- chasing no, down no,
3: pleasure. He it. It's hedonistic. It's what we were born to do, and we try to curb it as we get older with sophistication and wisdom. This is a non-story. Anybody pretending like it's a story has never had. I guess what you would call uh, a hobby (laughs) because this is a hobby from Phil Mickelson, his job. It's sublimated. His job is playing golf and he's one of the greatest to ever do it. Big guy. Look up his career earnings.
5: Why are you mad? Why are you in a bad mood? Uh, Because the the emails are just flying in. and I have to be on top of things that I don't want to be on top of right now. If I'm being totally honest. Will you
3: stop booking for the network and start paying attention to this dumb show? We're trying to get somewhere. I got ESPN calling me. I got Fox calling me, asking me what my contract's about, telling me they like the three of us on the show together. And you're over here booking for DraftKings. DraftKings, here's a newsflash. Put us on the network. We'll kill it. Anywho, what else, Dustin? Uh, June of
5: 2020, uh, 20, this past June, 94.9 million. Is that, fe- that feel right? 94.9 million? Yeah, that sounds about right. Career earnings? Yeah. Well, oh, that's just playing golf.
4: Yeah, yeah, that's
3: yeah. That's not
5: even endorsements.
4: <laughs> so the fact that he bet
3: 220000 on a couple of games means that he doesn't like risk. He's risk adverse. <laughs> Stop. The only part of the story. Gosh, I got caffeine in me again. The only part of the story that matters is him trying to get down on the rider's Cup. That's it. That's the story. If you want to talk collusion and some sort of unsavory behavior.
0: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
1: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity Presents...
2: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSEN, the sports betting network.
3: Amal and Dustin, just say no. I did. Football is ready to kick off, and Vison has everything. Dustin is hungry today. Vison has everything you need to make a successful season this year. Our college football betting guide features best bets from writers and on air personalities, along with team previews, all 133 FBS teams. Our NFL betting guide will help you tackle the upcoming NFL season with in depth profiles on every team. With advanced stats, proven betting systems, proprietary betting trends, plus best bets on season win totals, futures, and props. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today for as low as $19 and get our college football betting guide. Sign up, VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Okay. And remember, when you get the College Football Betting Guide, Adam Burke did a great job of helping you put together your power ratings yourself. So if you want to just tackle handicapping on your own, feel free. When you sign up, you also get the daily picks. Everything that hosts and guests have said across the board and sent over to Bill A.D. get formulated and sent to you via email. So make sure you check that out. Okay, let's go. Uh, Remember when programs... We're being whimsical today, and we just went through Nebraska. Let's transition to Colorado. Colorado was cool. We were talking about the, the kind of the era of starter jackets. Amal, um, you remember with Bill McCartney, uh, a Michigan guy. It, he had Eric Bieniemy was in the news yesterday. Eric yeah. Bieniemy, Bill McCartney set up a pipeline from Colorado, from Boulder to Los Angeles. And I think he had a deal with some sort of private jet. There was a lot going on with what McCartney was doing there. Good dude, great coach, but he got talent from Los Angeles to go to Colorado and they popped 1990 national championship. And then after that, you had new Heisel who I know, you know, great guy. Didn't do a good job at Colorado. Gary Barnett popped a little bit from Northwestern, but it went downhill. Dan, uh, what was his name? Uh Hawkins. Yeah, um, it's yeah the big Dan 12. Hawkins. It's, the big, you know, it's 12. the big 12. I thought Dan Hawkins coming from Boise. I thought the Colorado job was going to be a great opportunity for him. He was a disaster. Uh, Mike McIntyre and then Carl Dur- um, Durrell. I don't even know if I'm saying it correctly. Remember UCLA. He did a terrible job. Colorado. That was the most befuddling hire. Maybe Mike Riley at Nebraska, but Durrell getting another job was absolutely fascinating. And he took the program and continued to drive it into the ground. One and eleven for Colorado last year. One and eight in conference play. They haven't won more than five games since 2016. So in comes Deion Sanders. He came in. He cleaned house. He made sure the cleaning of the house was on social media. He, a couple important things here. They brought in, or Dion brought in, Sean Lewis as his offensive coordinator. Interesting move because he was at Kent State as the head coach, but he runs Amal Shaw, one of the fastest attacks in college football. Um, he, he's going to have this offense clicking. It's going to be boom, boom, boom. Time of possession doesn't matter. It's just constantly, constantly keeping the defense on their heels. And Shadur Sanders, obviously the coach's son, two years at Jackson State. Uh, you know, over 7,000 yards and 40 touchdowns through the air. So that's where we'll start with Colorado. If you want to back up and go through the history, feel free. You've got a total set at DraftKings at three and a half. If you want to bet the under, you lay a dollar 35 to win a dollar.
4: Yeah. It's tricky when you look at the schedule in terms of wins, but let's start in the backfield. You mentioned Shador Sanders Uh, based on what we've heard talent wise, this guy looks like he's going to be a pretty good football player. So it's great position to start at quarterback having someone who's ultra-talented. But then Alton McCaskill, the Houston transfer. Remember, he had the knee injury last year, missed the 2022 season for Dana Holgerson there down with the Cougars. I think he's a very good running back and a good piece for them to get started with. And bring in Jimmy Horn, at the, a wide receiver position, a transfer along with Xavier Weaver, and then the big name, Travis Hunter. Remember, he was the number one recruit a couple of years ago, expected to go to Florida State. I think they've got some pretty good pieces at the skill position. The question for me is can they find consistency within this program. Last year, 1-11, and 11, dead last in college football in the Division I, giving up 44.5 points per game. I mean, they were three points worse than the nearest competitor in that market. And then you look on the offensive side of the ball, Patrick, only scoring uh, tw- 15 points per game, 127th out of 131 teams. So nowhere to go but up for this team. The one thing you have to give Deion Sanders a ton of credit for – he has interjected a life and an enthusiasm into this program that has been dormant for two decades. When was the last time we talked about CU? Probably talked about them the time when Nebraska got walloped by the Buffaloes and then Nebraska got to play Miami for the national championship in Oregon. That's probably the last time I can recall Colorado being a piece, uh, team in genuine conversation. It felt like they've been struggling for so long. You look at this team returning starters, barely anybody. I mean, they've got about a combined four starters on both sides of the ball. This team is going to be one that's very difficult to quantify from my perspective, because you've got so many transfer pieces. I'm not sure what to make of it, but I'm going to tell you, you said it. Sean Lewis might end up. We've talked about Phil Longo. You mentioned Satterfield going to Nebraska. Sean Lewis might be the best offensive coordinator, higher, including Garrett Riley at Clemson in college football. I think he can make that much of a difference with this offense. That was absolutely anemic last year. The branding. In the
3: operative word in 2023, Dustin Swedelson is branding and brand extension. There isn't a human being on the planet better at branding than Deion Sanders. The only question is what took these archaic athletic directors and universities so long to hire the guy. If you're a university and a program in need of a kick in the ass Here's what Dion's going to do. Dion's going to be there for three years and he's going to bail for a better job. But what he's going to do a all, he's going to, he's going to revitalize the program. And then Sean Lewis will take over and Sean Lewis will continue to win football games at Colorado. The idea that it took this long for Dion saying, I don't care if he knows nothing about football. That's not what I'm talking about. What he does is he connects with kids, new age kids in a way that will get kids to come to Colorado and Boulder. What happens? That begats other kids and the next generation to come the boulder the idea that it took this long is freaking ridiculous he did great at jackson state he's going to do great here my assumption is he probably gets to four just by cult of personality he is that dude the team isn't very good they do have travis hunter who's going to be a two-way player who's by far and away the best player on this team and a pro already dustin Sweetelson, the deon sanders hire is a home run and a no-brainer.
5: Probably the m- most fun athlete we had growing up was Deion Sanders. I mean, prime time was it.
3: Bo Jackson and Deion Sanders, yeah, yeah. right there. That's
5: it. And I mean, I, I had Deion Sanders shoes. I couldn't. I begged my parents for weeks to get them for me. Here, here's the thing with Dion, though. Uh, it's it's a bit of an uphill battle, not just because of what Colorado's been through, but where he's coming from. This isn't the swack anymore. And at Jackson State, he had a major advantage because one. Credit to him, he was putting his own resources into the program. We're talking financially; like they were ahead of a lot of the other schools that they were playing. They had more players coming in that were bigger recruits that shouldn't have been, even been playing in the SWAC because of Dion. Things are going to even out a little bit here with that with that competitive advantage. The thing I like about Dion is he's a CEO. He doesn't think that he's going to get boggled up by all the minutiae of trying to be super involved with one position group or the other. He hired a great offensive coordinator, as you guys mentioned in Lewis. He hired Charles Kelly, who spent three years working under Nick Saban at Alabama, and he said, I'm going to give them the best talent possible in this situation. This could go really well. This could go really poorly. Deion Sanders is is in a unique spot in that no one's going to judge him if it goes badly this year, but we're all going to be really excited if things somehow come together. He brought in so many big-time transfers from across the country that want to play for him, and here's the thing. If it works out this year, let's say they win five or six games somehow, next year's going to be insanity for the Colorado Buffaloes.
4: Well. Guys, think about this. They're playing TCU. Fox's big noon show is going to be in Fort Worth. And it's not because the horn Frogs got beat by three Good million point. in the national championship game. Good it's point. because of Deion. One of the things to remember with Deion, he's one of the few athletes who's our generation, Patrick, that the younger guys still know because of his dual sport, the, all the parents, everybody revered Deion Sanders. You don't have to be a Deion Sanders fan, but everybody respected what he was as a football player and a baseball player. And one other thing to remember when he was a football player that doesn't get enough credit, he was a fan film junkie. Trust me when I tell you just based on the way he's assembling this program at Colorado, there is going to be a discipline to it that is eventually going to be successful long term. I don't know if he's going to be great. I think he's on the way to potentially being there, but I don't think this program in I think in three years, this program is going to be competing in the Big 12 for a championship. That's what I think he brings to the table. The only way I'll disagree with
3: you, too, is I don't think this is a step up for him. If Colorado Loses every game this year. Yeah. He'll market and turn winning no games into something. I I swear when I tell you that he just turns negatives and the positives and says, you say this. Okay. I'll say this, that this is what he's been doing his whole entire life. When, you know, he was taking a helicopter to play baseball and football on the same day. Like he just does the improbable and he makes people believe that's, it's a hire to rejuvenate. This is not a long-term project for Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders is not interested in Boulder, Colorado. He is going to inject this university and program with life, Dustin. That's it. That's it comes it. down
5: to one thing, depth. And for, the, for fun alone, I would like to go over the three and a half at plus 150.
4: Let's come
3: back. Yeah, I wouldn't touch it, but I, it, there's no way to would go under, just in case lightning in a bottle, right? Washington State, Colorado State, and watch out Nebraska. Okay. BYU goes from independent to a league. It's a remember when school. They're next.
2: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw. VSIN, the Sports Betting
3: Network. Let's have that Warren Moon conversation in a bit as we welcome you back. Sharp Money, VSIN, the Sports Betting Network as we welcome you back. I'm Patrick Maher, Amal Shaw, and we're going to welcome in Emery Hunt, who it's actually. The suit is so dynamic, it's almost disrespectful to wear it as a guest on a show because it makes the host look ridiculous. <laughs> For those that are listening on the radio, when I say I haven't seen a cleaner suit than the mint green that Emery Hunt, CBS Sports HQ NFL analyst is wearing on this show, it cl-
7: it's disrespectful to clean. It's so clean. How you doing, Emory? You look good, man. I appreciate that, man. Thank you guys for having me on. You guys said, we're talking money. Why not? wear green. <laughs> that is a great answer.
3: And speaking and speaking of money, the CFL the Canadian football league has been kind to Emery honey. He's got former teammates and friends that have played in the league. Of course, 23 and 13. He's on a great run in the CFL and you do like BC laying the number. I think that's coming up on Saturday, six and a half against Calgary.
7: Yeah, because Vernon Adams is going to be back under center. He's playing at a superstar level. He's been out the last couple of weeks because of an injury. They thought it was long term, but it proved to be not as serious as we once thought. So now he comes back. The offense should you know, continue to pile up the points like he did all season. And we know they have, I think, the second best defense because Winnipeg has a, the best defense in the league. So you'll find a great auto, uh, quarterback play with very good defense. Matthew Betts leads the CFL in sacks. So for me, this is one of those teams that we can see make a deep run this year in the CFL
4: Vernon Adams. Wasn't he Eastern Washington and, and then he Washington then Oregon. transferred
7: to Oregon. That's right. And went down and had a great week work at the shrine game um, and bounced around all of uh, virtually every team, I believe in the CFL.
4: Speaking of quarterbacks, I know you're pretty high on C.J. Stroud. They go tonight in New England against the Patriots. Good opportunity for the young uh, second overall pick. Tell me some of the things that you like about Stroud. And then, I don't know, are you involved in terms of the preseason? And maybe what's your approach in betting preseason? Because we know the success you've had in the CFL.
7: Well, here's the thing. I'm a big fan of C.J. Stroud. To me, he reminds me a lot of Troy Aikman in terms of his accuracy, how he moves well within the pocket. And he has that dog in him that you want to see from a quarterback. So when things are down, he's not going to fold. He's going to find a way to make a way. So I'm excited to see how he goes out there tonight against the Patriots and plays with confidence. If he can just do that in his first outing, dealing with being the, the number two overall pick and all that pressure, I think things will bode well for the Texans offense this year. I think they're an underrated team. That could be a fly in the ointment in the AFC South this season and in terms of your question about how you bet on preseason if you're a draft analyst like myself you can make a lot of money in the preseason because you know rosters and we know it's all about the second team third team and fourth team uh, in the preseason especially the quarterback room so if you understand rosters and can really peg those quarterback rooms who has the best second team quarterback or third string guy you can win a lot of money so when you understand the depth of the talent that's in the NFL. I suggest playing more of a money line play parlays and to, instead of going for point spreads because that can get tricky in the preseason. But if you know who can win straight up, straight to get a 16 team parlay and go have some fun.
4: Patrick. <laughs> love
7: it.
3: Go ahead.
4: I, I love the point he made there because Josh just said the same thing. We just had a previous guest on. We talked about betting the preseason in the NFL, and he said the same thing with the money lines. You get those situations that can be a bit precarious. And just a quick follow-up on CJ Stroud guys. You know, I know he had a hiccup in the Michigan game this past year, but his two bowl performances last couple years, 10 touchdowns, one INT. He's been outstanding in some pretty big games in his career.
7: Absolutely. And for me, CJ Stroud was someone that, that throws with the level of uh, proficiency intermediate and deeper down the field. That's what you want. And if you can win consistently at the intermediate level in the NFL, you're going to be playing a lot of winning football I feel like he's going to a situation, especially when people doubted his uh, athleticism, and we know that was just a farce. It's funny. It's a gift and a courage. If you don't run and you look like C.J. Stroud, they say you can't run. If you run too much, they say you run too much. That's all you can do. So you're damned if you do, damn if you don't, if you're C.J. Stroud and guys like C.J. Stroud. So I'm glad he went out there in that Georgia game and shut everybody up.
3: Emery Hunt joining us, CBS Sports at F ball game plan on Twitter. I know uh, my partner, Amal Shaw, loved Will Anderson coming out. Did you like what Houston did? We'll stick with Houston for a second here. Did you like what Houston did jumping up and grabbing the edge out of Alabama as well, Emory?
7: Love the it. Loved it. edge rusher and CJ Stroud was tied for my number one quarterback. I was shocked that Arizona made the move. You need talent on that defense. Here's the top pass rusher in the, in the draft class right there at your fingertips and you pass on them. So kudos to Houston getting a great quarterback, a great pass rusher. That's why a lot of people are excited about the Texans under D'Amico Ryans in his first season.
4: I got to ask you about a comparison you made on Ross Tucker's podcast. You compared Ladd McConkey to Lance Allworth. This is Ladd McConkey, number 84 of Georgia, right? Correct. Okay. I'm just making sure. All right. Go ahead and explain yourself there, sir.
7: When you look at, uh, and I'm a football guy, so I watch everything football. And I remember Lance Allward with the old San Diego Chargers was called Bambi. And, you know, just how he was able to just accelerate down the field, ran a lot of post patterns and deep over routes in that Eric Coryell offense. And it's funny to see Lab McConkie do a lot of the same things at Georgia. He's an undersized guy. He's not bigger than uh, six feet, so he's probably like 5'11", 185, but has Tremendous acceleration and ball tracking skills, which allows you to accelerate even more. So, so every time you look up, he's making a big play deep down the field. He's catching the ball and he's making plays. He's scoring touchdowns in the most crucial parts of the game, and he doesn't get talked about enough because of you know he's playing in his offense where he's not the big physical presence, but he, he wears a big you know jersey number. He doesn't have a single digit. Whatever the case may be. They're sleeping on Ladd McConkey. I think he's a, f- a fantastic wide receiver.
3: Emory, you like the Colts in the South. Let's discuss Indianapolis. Jacksonville's your favorite at a dollar fifty-five. The Titans three and a half to one, and then the Colts at a nice little price at six to one. Tell me why you're high on the Colts this year.
7: People act as if the Colts don't have talent. You know, you look at the offensive line: Ryan Kelly, center; Braden Smith, right tackle. Oh, by the way, Quentin Nelson. The left guard that everybody loves. You have Mo Ali Cox at tight end who catches a lot of touchdowns. Jelani Woods, who's 6'15, gets taller as the game goes on. Very good tight end. Michael Pittman on the outside. Alec Pierce on the outside. Tremendous rookie in Josh Downs. A great running back in Jonathan Taylor. And you add a guy in Anthony Richardson who's a plus one in the run game. Pair him up with Shane Steichen. It's going to look a lot like the Eagles did in 2021 when Jalen Hurts was his first year as a starter, got those guys to the playoffs. This defense gets back Shaq Leonard right there in the middle. That's huge for the Indy defense. They still have DeForest Buckner up front, Rover Stewart up front, two outstanding defensive tackles. And I like the youth and athleticism and length in the secondary. Two rookies, Juju Brent of Kansas State, Darius Rush of South Carolina, along with Kenny Moore and already what they had in tow in that secondary. Uh, this is a team that is is not, you know, lacking talent. It's a very good football team. And I do believe even with a rookie, because we know how teams can't handle the mobile quarterback combined with the tremendous tailback, it's going to be a problem for teams uh, in the AFC South. I think the AFC South is going to be so competitive this year. You only get one team, and you may have a team that has a, a winning record, miss the playoffs.
4: Emory, I know you've watched a ton of Anthony Richardson tape. Tell me one positive and one negative you have with Anthony Richardson coming into the season.
7: The positive is that he has outstanding pocket presence. That's something that people miss when grading his film at Florida combined with his great ability to throw the deep ball. And the one thing you want to see him work on is finding that consistency on the layups, the shorter throws. Be consistent with those. Those are the easy throws you have to make in the NFL. Yes, the deep ball and the intermediate ball is going to be great for the NFL, but when you have to hit your layups, just got to hit your layups.
3: Jordan Love, we just got about a minute. You feel like there's a little disrespect with Jordan Love and the Packers this year, yes?
7: Absolutely. People talk about sit behind a veteran. He did that for four years, been in the same offense for four years, and has great talent on both sides of the ball. I don't know why people are you know, speculating that they won't be as good. He's chomping at the bit to get out there and show, he's the dude that they drafted in the first round
4: do you believe that right emory i was gonna say do you believe ahead, they win the all. division
7: i think so absolutely they can run the ball they can play any type of game they can run the ball their defense is going to be better they have great front seven play i like green bay to win that division love
3: it that's two big prices from emory that's what we like to hear here on Vison four to one on the packers in the north and as he mentioned in the south he likes indianapolis at six to one also, BC lay this six and a half Saturday against Calgary. Emery, you look great. It's a great spot. We'll talk to you during the season at FBall Game Plan on Twitter and CBS Sports. Thank you, Emery. Appreciate you.
7: Appreciate you, guys. Thanks a lot.
3: Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much. I, all kitty decide, are you guys in agreement with me? That freaking mint green is oh, clean. Sharp. Oh, very sharp. Dustin, that's the type of suit that I think that you you wish you had and now you might be googling it tonight
5: well the issue is to find that color with enough fabric for me to wear it gets a little pricey (laughs) also i don't know every just pulls it off you know (laughs)
3: like i just don't know if i could just throw on the mint green and just be cool in it i don't know if that's if that's possible uh but he gave out some prices there love to see it tennessee you're next
6: That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpresscom Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply.
2: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSN, the sports betting network.
3: Okay, football season is ready to kick off and visa has everything you need to take advantage this successful season to offer we're going to give you the college football betting guide it features best bets from our writers on-air personalities along with team previews of all 133 fps teams plus you get the nfl betting guide when you sign up to tackle this upcoming NFL season, in-depth profiles, proven betting systems, proprietary betting trends, plus best bets on season win totals, futures, and props. Become a VSEN Pro subscriber today for as low as $19 and get our college and NFL betting guide. Sign up today: VSEN.com/slash subscribe. That's VSEN.com/slash subscribe. We do have preseason games as we welcome you back. I'm all Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher. This is Sharp Money. Minnesota is at Seattle tonight. Seattle is Lane three and a half and the total is 35 in Seattle tonight to cover the Vikings is a friend of the show. Ben Lieber, of course, 10 seasons in the NFL does a great job on the Vikings radio network as a sideline analyst. You can find Ben on Twitter at Nacho Lieber. We say hi to Ben and Ben. I'll start here. This is a 13 win team from last year. I need you to know this team is being disrespected, all capital letters by betters. Do you think the team do you think and when I say disrespected, they're second betting favorites in division to the Lions. Do you think the team knows how badly disrespected they're being as far as public perception?
8: Yeah, I, I do. Um, you know, that question has been brought up as far as, hey, they had a great season last year and and um, won the division, and why are they not getting the love? And the Lions are getting all the love. Um, I think a lot of I think a lot of people they get it. I mean, they understand why. I mean, you look at our defense from last year, and it, it wasn't very good. You look at all the close wins that, that we had last year, all the one point victories or one score victories that we had. Our margin of error was so small that a lot of people are saying there's no way you can repeat the 13 wins. And um, look, I I can't argue with that. Um, I think the Lions finished the season the way you're, the, the way that you're supposed to. I mean, I think they won eight of the last ten games. I mean, they look great. They're, they they blitz less on defense. They kind of figured it out with Aaron Glenn's defense. Um, now, categorically, they finished pretty terrible on defense. But I think the the way that they kind of figured things out and they were a tough out and play a physical brand of football, I get why that they're the favorite.
4: Ben, when you look at this team, they won a ton of close games last year. I believe five games by three points. Can they duplicate that, or from your experience in the NFL, is just some of that luck and great play down the stretch, uh, how do you kind of quantify that going into this season?
8: You know, it's hard to, um, I think it's hard to repeat any sort of success from the previous year, but I, I'll, I'll say this much, the way that Jordan Addison has played uh, in just a short time in training camp, if if everybody's healthy and all that stuff, and we have all the pieces in play, I know that we don't have Dalvin Cook on offense, but this offense is going to be ridiculous. Right? Like, they, as long as as long as Kirk takes care of the football, which we know that he's going to, he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions, doesn't make a lot of really stupid risky throws. Um, this is going to be a, a team that you're going to have to gear up for defensively and be like, man, I mean, they're they're going to score thirty points a game. Um, you know, we just got to be able to, to hang with them. So I think that's why there's a lot of optimism. Is this offense is po- is poised to be a top five offense. And if the defense can go from 31 to like 20, um, then we're going to be a playoff team. So it's just the defense and in our offensive line have to kind of step up uh, in total.
3: Ben, tell me about Kevin O'Connell. Tell us something we don't know about him. Year two, obviously 13 wins, tremendous year one. Um, Do the players like him? Give us an overview on the head coach.
8: You know, I've been, um, I've been really happily surprised at his level of intensity because both he and Quacey came in when they got, when they were announced, you couldn't find more affable, likable, you know, normal guys that are camera friendly, that answered great, you know, tough questions in a great way and always had a great smile on his faces. I mean, they, they just blew everybody out of the water, which is how, how nice they were and come to find out that, you know, there's, there's some intensity. There's some fire there. You know, it's not always just a smiling face and a, and the guy that's, um, you know, treats everybody with respect. It's, you know, he's got that, he's got that grit to him. He's got that toughness to him. And, you know, a lot of people have kind of made the assimilation between his dad being an FBI agent. They're like, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I makes sense. Like his dad was probably a tough dude, you know? So he kind of picked up some of those, those values. So, um, I think people um, would be maybe surprised that he's as intense as he is.
4: Ben, let's take a look at tonight's game against Seattle here. As a former player who played 10 years in the league, as an experienced guy, tell me what your approach was in situations like a first preseason game or as a collective for units defensively and the offensive side of the ball.
8: (laughs) Well, my first couple of years, it was, you know, just act like a junkyard dog and just go after everything and just, you know, just kind of play with your hair on fire and you, you play with reckless abandon, um, you know, as you, as you kind of solidify yourself as a starter, then it's like, <laughs> don't get hurt. <laughs> you know, like, hmm. like, come on, like Come on guys. Let's go out there and we'll play our 12, 15 plays and we'll get out of there. Um, you know, I think, you know, everybody knows that it's going to be very basic on offense and defense. So I, I think collectively, everybody just needs to just let their instincts play you don't have to think about as a defensive player. You don't have to think about all these checks and adjustments, and you know what's what's going to happen. We, we, would he change the blitz if we if they you know change of strength motion or this guy you know motions out of the backfield? Like there's really not a lot of that. It's it's more like here's a basic defense and a basic coverage that you've been playing since college. Here's a basic uh, offense, and you know there's some nuances between every team and what they like to do. But by and large, it's. Just let your instincts play, and you got to try to flash in that manner. And, you know, for specific guys, you know, that we're looking at for tonight, Ivan Pace Jr., he's just like this phenom out of, out of Cincinnati. He's been blowing up camp. And then Lewis Seen on defense, injured last year, broke his leg against the Saints in London, and, you know, still hasn't cracked the starting lineup as a first-round draft pick. So these are the type of players and the type of games that you want to go out there and just, see, just watch them fly around.
3: Ben Lieber on the call tonight. Vikings radio network joins us here. Sharp money talking Vikings. Donatel was crushed last year. Let's talk about the defense. What can Mm -hmm. Flores do with this unit?
8: I mean, first and foremost, just don't, don't be stagnant and be flat footed on defense when the ball snaps. I mean, there was so many times where we had lack of pre-snap movement. The safeties, we were just in a, in a too high shell. It's a, it's a gotta have it you know, down in distance, and we looked like we just called the play and stood there, and every offense just sort of picked us apart. And the guys would come back and say, well, I'm, you know, I'm playing my responsibility and, you know, this and that, and there's always holes in every every defensive coverage, but we didn't move around. We didn't intimidate. We did not intimidate anybody. We did not play on our toes. And I just think from a mentality standpoint, all that's going to be different. You know, Flores is going to bring an attacking style of defense. He has guys move around that the the Harrison Smith of old and the Mike Zimmer defense where he, you know, is running 50 yards before the ball is even snapped because he's deep center field, then line of scrimmage, then back and forth and yo-yoing all over the place. We're going to get back to that. You know, we're going to get back to doing what he does best, disguising coverages, disguising blitz angles, um, getting guys, getting free rushers just because of of confusion. So that's, that's what everybody's expecting right now.
4: Ben, when you look at this team, tell me in the NFC, big picture wise, what is a great season? Obviously, everyone wants to get to and win the Super Bowl. But from your perspective, based on what they accomplished last year and what the new challenges are this year,
7: well,
8: I think the biggest thing that I want to see, um, and, and I would think we take a, we would take a major step forward if we see it, is can we play physical? You know, can our offensive line, like, look, guys, we even with Dalvin Cook. I mean, he had he had a pretty good year. Um, I think we all understand that, but there's a lot of no-gain, negative yard rushes. You know, Kirk was hit more in, in passing situations than, than he ever has before. Our offensive line is intact. You know, they're, they're bringing all five guys back, but that doesn't mean that that's an automatic success. I want to see if we can you know, beat up the defensive line. I want to see if we can reestablish an, a line of scrimmage when we run the football. You go back to that playoff game against the Giants, and their front four, their front defensive four beat us. Nobody else, not offense, not defense. Yes, Daniel Jones had a good game, but those front four guys, they killed us. And that was sort of our Achilles heel the whole year is just physicality up front. And I'll say the same thing about our defensive line. Like, we were not consistent against the run, a large reason why we didn't play very well on third down. Um, our, our, both of our fronts need to, uh, step up physically this year. And that's what I'm, I'm excited to see.
3: Ben, just 30 seconds. Uh, will the Vikings win the division this year?
8: Yeah, I actually think that they will. Um, I think they have the right mentality. I think they have the right coaches. I think, I think Flores is like probably the best acquisition from any team player or coach this off season, I think he's going to fundamentally and immediately change the way this defense plays. And like I said, if if we can have a top five offense, like I think we're going to, and and we bump up our scoring defense from the bottom of the league, just to a middling, a middling defense this week. uh, I think for sure we win this division.
3: Ben Lieber, you're the best Vikings radio network at Nacho Lieber. Next time we'll talk Kansas state football and you have a good call tonight. Appreciate you.
8: (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys.
3: Thank you. All right, bro. Thank you very much, Ben Lever. All right. Confident. Although the Vol- you could tell his inflection and his tone wasn't overly confident about the Vikings, but it's not a great division. We're back.
1: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City.